Okay, everybody, thank you for tuning in today. And my guest needs no introduction, but we'll give her one anyway. She's a living legend, and not just because her Twitter bio says it. Like, she's actually a living legend. I just wanted to preface that. Uh, she's a five-time WWE Women's Champion and one of the very trailblazers on the women's revolution. Melina, how are you doing? Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. And thank you for everything that you said. You know, that warms the heart. Warms the Listen, heart. Listen, I have to make you feel at home here. And this is, this is what we do. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Kind of made well, me feel weird a little bit about I put it on my bio. But once Cornette said it, I was like, you know what? I'm going to own that. <laughs> Just put you it have on to. My bio. <laughs> Listen, it's okay if somebody else says it about you first, because then you don't feel as subconscious about it. You know, you're kind of yeah. like, well, if somebody else called me as, you know, a living legend, then it's not as bad, you know? <laughs> it's true. <And> for <laughs> I mean, love him or hate him, when it comes to Cornette, he is a genius when it comes to wrestling. So, and he's seen so much. So, for him to say something like that about me, it's like, wow, another check off the list, you know, of great people that I admired and has a lot of knowledge in, in the business that has praised me. So I'm like, thank you. Like, it's an honor. Right. And I kind of have noticed about that with you, too, is like when people say very complimentary things about you, you genuinely feel like someone who's overwhelmed by those compliments. You know, like some people, if they get like a bunch of compliments, like all the time, like they might become numb to it. But like every time I see you in like a, a clip or something, when somebody says something nice about you, it always feels like you're genuinely like overcome with uh, emotion with that. Is that is that true? Yeah, I think it's I don't know. It makes me wonder if it's about like my whole entire like when you're young and you feel like not so special or not so cute or whatever the case may be. When you hear compliments, it's kind of like, um what's going on or either yeah. that or you hear it very much and it's weird when somebody actually does and you just think i used to say yeah right and i remember there was this guy um one of my friend's brothers we'd walk to the school bus every day and he would compliment me he'd tell me how beautiful i am or how sweet i am or something and i just say yeah right like <laughs> i don't know why i was just like mm, whatever and he said why can't you ever take a compliment and then i realized come here baby my doggy oh nice <laughs> <laughs> I realized he was right. I I wasn't good at uh, receiving compliments. And the reality is, is that I really do appreciate them. It's just from the kindness of somebody's heart that they're saying that to you. And I do receive them. Like, I, I'm thankful for their kindness. But sometimes it's just like, well, I'm just Melina, you know. I mm -hmm. thank you for the compliment. It means so much. And, you know, sometimes there's some people who will say, like, I am a good wrestler. And there's others that don't think so but in my heart i know i did i did a good job for the storytelling i did the yeah. good with everything that every person i interacted with taught me and mm -hmm. i just worked as hard as i could to make them proud and from their mouths i know i did i did well mm -hmm. where do you think that stems from like your inability to take a compliment like oh. is it just because is it just because you know I think when you put yourself in a position, right, like anybody, I guess, with their craft, they're kind of like, well, wow, somebody actually thinks I'm good at something like that. There's sort of that element to it. But is there anything other than that, like that makes you kind of not take a compliment oh. immediately when it comes to wrestling or when it comes to life? <laughs> Could tie the two into it. A little bit of both. Yeah, um, I guess like I, I growing up when it comes to compliments like on looks, it felt like that 
you know, looks can fade and everybody's perspective of what's beautiful is different. But all I knew is that it's, it's like I'm grateful when somebody thinks I'm pretty or anything like that. But what means more is the content of my heart. If mm -hmm. I could be, because, you know, I'll get older and, you know, my body type has changed. My looks will change. And what matters is how you make a person feel and how you treat them and how, you know, how you give back to the world. And for me, that's everything. That's something that will never fade. It'll never change, whereas looks do. And I embrace whatever it is. If it's a, if people think I'm pretty or people don't, it's like, well, it is what it is, but I'll still be nice. I'll still be good. I'll still be kind. And in wrestling, it's that desire of always wanting to be better because it's not that I don't think I'm good enough, even though I do believe like I could do better. Like I always tell myself, I could do better. I could do better. And it's this, it's a beautiful thing. It's not this thing where I don't like my work. It's just, I have fun with it. And then I, you know, watch everything back and I think, okay. Let's make this craft, let's make this beautiful creation, this artwork that we did in the ring and improve. We could do better. And it's such a, I don't know, it's a, it drives me to outdo the last thing I did. And it, it, I, it's, I don't know, it's motivating for me. <laughs> that is normal. Like, I think anybody in their craft um, kind of always, they always tend to compare what they just did versus like what they're going to do next. And I think, like, I noticed with myself, too, like, I don't watch any of my, you know, interviews back. Like, I just kind of move on. Oh. So, like, <laughs> but it's, yeah. A lot of wrestlers do that. A lot of wrestlers are, like, well, some are, are oh, man, I'm so amazing. <laughs> like, and they'll watch it all day long. And in my mind, I think, well, that's great that you did, like, you love what you did and you're proud of yourself. But at the same time, how will you improve unless you, you know, you got to be your own worst critic so that you could be better like why i don't know i kind of think why be right here and just be stagnant mm -hmm. when if you are great if you are the one of the best how about be better than that where nobody can top you just keep striving and reaching for for something more like i couldn't not keep striving for something it's just this need i think until the day i die i will keep yeah. wanting to either give or wanting to do or something but um yeah, a lot of other wrestlers that I've talked to, they they tell me, they're like, I don't want to watch my stuff back. Like, I can't. And it's so beautiful because I know it's people being modest. You know, you don't want to be that person that watches themselves. But again, it's one of those things where you got to learn from your mistakes or you got to watch and see things of, like, what you can improve on. Mm -hmm. What What did your youth years look like in terms of thinking about where you wanted to be in life? Was oh, was it wrestling? Was that one? No, <laughs> such a contrast, and it's like it's interesting. That's why sometimes I, well, not sometimes, a lot of the times, I'll say, um, everything happens for a reason. Even if <laughs> things go wrong, everything happens for a reason, and we got to find out what that reason is. And maybe it's just being the optimist and trying to find something out of bad or whatever the case may be. But this wasn't bad. I wanted to be um, a doctor, so. Oh. When I was younger, it's like, as soon as I graduated, I knew I'm going to go into school. I'm going to become a medical assistant. And I was, I was working for a cardiologist and, you know, just the focus was get, get this under my belt. Then I'll save up money, go to nursing school, nursing school, go into a big um, hospital. Then with that money, like I'll have my place spot secured in that hospital and then go back and start doing my like doctrines and everything. 
But of course, uh, one thing led to another and I fell into wrestling and I was only doing it for, I watched wrestling like my whole entire life, even though mm -hmm. there was gaps of not watching, but still I watched back in the eighties and I didn't ever think that wrestling was a thing. Like I could do that, that that was possible. It was just something for like the wrestling families, you know, for the hearts and everything. So I just yeah. thought the way it worked because I had no idea so my friend at the gym said because I told him I wanted to do this conditioning and all this stuff and he's like just go to my school go to go and I'm like what's your school he's like it's a wrestling school I'm like what am I gonna do with like college wrestling he's like what Lena I've known you for years what do you think I do like I thought you did college wrestling <laughs> he's like no I do professional wrestling and I was like oh like in the TV? And I said, yes, Melina, like on the TV. <laughs> so I went to a school and it was so much fun. So I only did it for conditioning until Dr. Tom found me. And Dr. Tom, he, he said that I had a great look. I have great ring awareness. My selling was good. And that I have like the ability, like the look and the ability that would fit in the WWE. And then I just looked at him and I said, you mean I could get paid to do this? <laughs> and he said yes Melina you could get paid to do this <laughs> and so from that one moment as soon as I heard him say that it's if I felt in my heart like this was the path I I'm gonna go for and I'm not gonna look back I'm not gonna take no for an answer even mm -hmm. though tough enough I it, mm. I thought it was a no like oh maybe life is telling me I gotta quit this pipe dream like this is not for me and then as I was walking away from the, the set or the area, Al Snow stopped me and he said, keep going. Like, and he hugged me and I just started crying because that was like life telling me, don't stop. It's like they, the universe knew what I was thinking. And then he sent him to stop me. And his, him saying that to me, I was like, okay. And from then on, nonstop. <laughs> wow, that's that's quite a transition. You go from... A doctor which would entail you kind of helping people with like physical ailments to then like you kind of being on the opposite coin <laughs> <laughs> it's true but you know what like i kind of felt weird where there was a point in my career where i thought what am i doing with my life like i wanted to help people like genuinely in my soul i feel like that is my purpose is to help others so when i was like depressed and sad i would think like man i probably chose the wrong path like what did i do to to my life where I'm not helping and then going to conventions and meeting all the fans I realized that not have been uh what I thought I was going to do when it came to helping people out when it comes to uh illnesses and just you know helping when it comes to medicine but I realized that I'm helping people when it comes to their confidence and how they approach the world and strength like there's this one um girl lauren in in england and somehow because of me they met each other and they're gonna be, they're gonna get married soon so i'm like oh, oh wow. she invited me to the wedding and she said because of you we we, we met so you you're gonna be invited to the wedding i was like yes please <laughs> but it's it really warms my heart to think that all i did was just wrestle and try to do my best and inspired so many people to just be stronger or or have more confidence Right. It's, it, it's, um, it's, it's a wild thing to think about, but like 
someone in like their profession can have so big of an impact on someone else's life just by doing like their job like it's it's quite a crazy thing but it's very like you said very uh influential and rewarding to the person that's obviously like you in your case well it's rewarding because i'm so grateful that i was able to to do something so nice or to make somebody feel good something positive but it, it's like sometimes it, I realize, I think, I hope I don't disappoint people because I'm human. Mm-hmm. I will make mistakes and the idea is I will write a book. But I want everybody to know that the mistakes is because they're human. I'm never going to pretend that I am this perfect little angel and that I've never like made any mistakes in my whole entire life. This is just life. Like right. you live and you learn and it's terrible and horrible when you mess up and especially at the level of of you know being in the public eye but at the same time you have to dust yourself off and learn from it and be better Mm -hmm. and i hope that in that when i if i eventually i pray i get to do that soon because i keep talking about it but i need to start writing it but I just hope that people realize that either they, they are not alone in the things that they, they struggle with in their lives, um, learn from my mistakes, or if you find yourself in that position, you'll know that you can come out of it. Mm-hmm. Hope I get to do that soon, sooner than later. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then the next step for you after Tough Enough was obviously OVW, which for those unfamiliar, OVW is essentially what NXT is now, I would say, for WWE. Well, not at that magnitude. I'm like, what? Well, if we yeah, have- I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was it was more or less like a, uh, it was like the performance center, basically. You guys were training and having matches, obviously being groomed for your eventual call-ups to the main rosters. And like the list of people, like yourself, obviously you were there. Were you working with Eminem yet during that? Or was it not? Yeah. Until you, you were, okay. Yeah. It's so crazy. Once once I got there and I was telling the story, I think, on Spaces on Twitter with um, right. with the fans, I was telling them that uh, Jazz and Jacqueline came to visit. I love Jazz and Jacqueline. You have no idea. At that In their arrows, Jazz, Jacqueline, and Lisa Marie. So I was just, those were my people that I rooted for. And I thought the world of that's who i wanted to be and when uh jazz came by and jazz and jacqueline and they kept they were she was in the middle of like listening to i don't know who was it was somebody it was one of the writers there and they were telling me like i have you have to be a baby face melina you're too nice there's no way you could be a heel and i kept telling them please just let me try i know i could do it and, and they just kept saying no there's no way everybody thinks you're cute and da 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 da, and I was just like, man. And then Jazz told him, no, did you see her work in the ring? Did you see her face? She's a heel. <laughs> and because of that, they're like, oh, okay, let's give it, let's give it a try. And then I got to work with John, and as soon as like we did just a little bit of stuff, they're like, you know what? Put put Joy Mercury in there, and it was just the perfect like I we couldn't be so lucky. Our minds just meshed together and we were all on the same page and we had such great chemistry together. I'm so glad you brought up about like the facial um, expressions with like being a heel because I think an underrated thing when getting into wrestling, I mean, when you watch it on TV for the first time, you tend to like, obviously you pinpoint like, okay, there's the physical aspect of it, but there's also like 
the psychology of wrestling, like things so little as just facial expressions and body language and pro wrestling that that might seem like on surface so minuscule or actually like very big part of the overall presentation. So like what, at what point maybe did you start to recognize or become familiar with uh, the in-ring psychology, such as like, you know, facial expressions and then the whole body language? OVW, because I think I, Oddly enough, I had that instinct, um, you know, in, in uh, EWS, the place that I I started working in, and I just had that. And I think that's why everybody kind of like started watching me and said she's going to be something because of the facials, mm-hmm. and it, like I guess because my dad was a boxer, so he, you know, he taught my brother, and I begged him to teach me. So when he would teach me, we'd spar, and that I, you know, it's that feeling. It, he wasn't like rough or anything like that. So people are like, what did he do? But there were moments where he tagged me in the face and he's like, keep your guard up. And I remember that feeling like when I get hit in the face and it's more so that my dad had to tell me to keep my guard up and I screwed up again. Like I like, so that memory of like every time I get tagged in the face, I get so upset. Like I just, mm, that it's, I already felt it cause I've experienced that before. So I had that naturally. But when we started watching tape back and in OVW, that's what we were doing. You watch everything back. And I realized like when everybody explained it to me, like um, Al Snow and Lance Storm, everybody, they just, and Cornette and everybody would just point out certain things. And then I started realizing they Sometimes when we watch TV, we don't realize the little things. We just know we love stuff, but we really don't register the little things. Look, little things they make you experience. And now is that that inner incredible they're so athletic and they're just amazing looks amazing talent but i don't feel that that anger that or that hurt when oh my goodness i always tell people watch fighting like watch ufc if not now back in the day watch boxing back in the day because those were real shots those were real reactions and i'm not saying not now but back then people hit hard hard and i mean oh my goodness those poor people because who knows what all that damage has done but you you look at that and you look at the selling you look at the reaction you look at how they fall if you get hit in that sweet spot like you crumble to the ground yeah all these things like if you i i used to push people like how do you feel how do you feel why are you doing that i'm asking you how do you feel like i'm annoyed because you're doing that to me i said that right there that's what I want when you come up to me and you th- and you I come up to you and I look at you. That's the expression I want. And they're like, oh, oh, okay. But it's that feeling that you have to think about because I realize that I'm not a big fan of like, and that's only personally because of what, how I was kind of raised in it. But I'm not big on choreographing everything. And I know people like the beautiful part of it because it looks so fancy and beautiful and clean. But I like messy because real fights are messy. I want yeah. people to think 
Like, was that supposed to happen? Oh, did it, was that a mistake? Oh, not even was that a mistake because if it was a real fight, it's like, damn, she's really pissed off. Did she really get hurt? Is she really angry? I love that so much because you have to sp suspend belief because we know this is already predetermined. But if you have that one moment of suspending belief, you did your job. You did your job. Right. It's like in a movie. Like if somebody, if, if something feels like real, audiences tend to have more of a response emotionally to what they're seeing on the screen. So I definitely kind of get your point there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that I hope people learn to sell like the way the, the fighters do. I mean, they're not selling. It's real. But to watch that and then incorporate it into your work and... You know, it'll you'll you, you'll watch it back and be proud of yourself, especially when you see reactions. Mm -hmm. Your entire presentation, and I know it started like with Eminem when you guys came out. You had like the red carpet, the paparazzi, everything. I love that presentation, and I was so glad once you guys split up that you were allowed to keep the whole entrance because I was <laughs> like, oh, this this is so fitting for you. Um, yeah. When, when it when it came to the iconic split. When you came into the ring, were you the one that pitched that idea? Yeah. You know, I've had multiple conversations. It's so funny. And it's okay because some people are like, I'm sorry to ask and, and you have to say it again. I'm like, no, I understand. There's so many people who haven't heard this story. But I've had, I told a couple people this, um, this week because people always want to know. And it's, it's this thing where I knew when I went to OVW that I was going to incorporate it. I was going to do something in the split but it never seemed right. I was like, I do not want to use it as a move because that's not real. Like, who drops into a split when they fight? And again, I did it later on because, you know, later on in time in wrestling, people just wanted to see it and I gave the fans what they wanted. So I found a way to incorporate it in moves later. But initially, I, I refused to do it. I was like, and thank goodness, because when the guys came up to me and said, okay, when you come out, you have to do something like, something special some kind of ring entrance thing and they were like stroking the ropes and flicking their hair and trying to be like do something sexy and i i just thought okay well how about this and really it was just that split second i thought well maybe how about this and i just dropped into the split and went in the ring and they stopped and they said that's it you got to do that <laughs> and, you know and i i never thought in a million years, like, I would never have thought that that would be a signature thing and it would be as big as it is and, you know, as memorable as it is. I never even thought that when I did that. Mm -hmm. Did you have any prior, like, gymnastics experience or, like, background? Because I don't know if you heard, but splits are not the easiest thing in the world to do. <laughs> you keep telling me that, and I guess I never knew but I have no idea. Part of me thinks that. So no martial arts, no dance, even though I wanted to. My When I was little, I wanted to be a gymnast. Like, I just would watch, like, figure skating and the gymnastics on the Olympics. And I always thought, I want to do that. Nothing. No no background at all. I think maybe because I was um, pigeon-toed. So that's my theory, that maybe because of the way my feet were aligned, mm -hmm. I didn't strengthen my inner leg muscles. So it was very, like... I don't know, flexible. I have no idea. That's only the assumption. But I think maybe that's why I was able to do the split. Or maybe fate. Like, I don't know. The universe at work again. It's your superpower. 
Because <laughs> you lack know what? Of a... that my foot could touch my head until I was like, oh, wait, still wrestling. I'm like, let me give it a try. Oh, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think when many people saw the... Um... The, the the branding for the most recent WrestleMania was Goes Hollywood. There was a lot of like red carpety esque branding to it. I think immediately once that became the case, people's wheels started churning, and they were like, "Is this the year Melina is going into the Hall of Fame?" Were there any <laughs> Were there any chatter or any yeah. feelers thrown out? No, no, not on their end. Uh, but a lot of the fans uh, would message me and come up to me and and ask me about that, and I was like, "No," and it's okay. Like it. It's okay. I, in my mind, I think that would have been the perfect time, but this is what I've experienced in my whole entire, you know, career or life in wrestling and in the WWE too. And it's, you know, I don't want to knock them and it's not that I'm trying to knock them. It's just that the experience there is sometimes it just feels like they're trying to see how you react over things. And sometimes they make it a little bit, put a little pressure on being, kind of hurtful in a sense i don't know how the right words to explain it right now but just to like give a little dig or something and it's okay like i have no hate i'm like hey it is what it is you guys do this to me all the time i'm used to it it's kind of like when people say you you you're awful worker or you're ugly i've heard it so many times it's like well i am to you i am like, okay. <laughs> right. it doesn't much anymore <laughs> And for them, it's, uh, I don't know, I don't, you can't really, you can have your assumptions and that's all you can have and that's it. But the fans are the ones that, as long as they think I'm Hall of Fame worthy or, you know, that compliment, that is more, means more to me than any award or trophy or title. That means more to me. Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to the fans themselves, I, for the most part, see like a lot of universal um respect for you but in terms of like your end do you feel like there's like any do you feel any slight towards like from wwe like themselves in terms of like your personal recognition like yeah but then at the same time i kind of take it as a compliment because all my favorite people who i know everybody has their favorites and i'll eventually do, say like tell people why these people are my favorites but when it comes to like a i want um i want to say jazz when it comes to jazz when it comes to lisa marie when it comes to china like china doesn't have her own you know individual hall of fame and when it comes to these people who i admire and respect and when it comes to the psychology the impression they've left the things they've done how many people that they put over and lifted because of their talent in the ring, because they're the veteran of the ring. It, it, it hurts my heart to not see them recognized because they're the best of the best. But at the same time, it's like they weren't acknowledged. It means there's some kind of connection here where we're all, for some reason, we're not And in a way, it's kind of like, it's okay because we incredible aren't in the Hall of Fame, even though they deserve to. So there must be a significant when it comes to uh, just politics. politics. Right. Um, do you have, say, if like the stars were to align perfectly and there were to be a Hall of Fame in the future for you, do you have any particular person in mind that you feel would be your ideal person to induct you? 
Oh my goodness. I really don't have anything like I wish I could be a person who's only the beginning, my brother. It, when it comes to, you never know how the WWE would do that. And I'm trying to think, I know it's like my choice, but I would prefer it's somebody who's known me from the beginning. But then it'd be beautiful to see like maybe a, a talent of the now. But also I think, I don't know. I think if it was somebody I respected, like, you know, it could be one of the people I looked up to when it comes to like jazz or anybody, even Trish, like that would be, that'd be great because I know the, the WWE would approve of that. But I think that it has to be a WWE person approved. So, Yeah, I feel like there's a, cu a couple options. Like, I think, you know, when people look back at your career, they're able to pinpoint, like, certain... Because um, there's a popular term that gets thrown around called... It's called, like, your wrestling soulmate. And that's, like, kind of, like, the person that... Uh, like, people like Rock and Steve Austin, when you think of Trish, most people think of Lita. So, um, for example, like, if I were to ask you right now, like, who, who's, like, one uh, woman in terms of your career that you've either, you know, been associated with or just faced, had a rivalry with, that would be synonymous with uh, your career? You know, it's so crazy. I think I had, I've had very, like, entering little interaction with Mickey, but people would say Mickey. But I think of, and I take this as, like, a very good thing, when fans approach me at conventions and shows and everything, they don't just mention one person. So it's not consistently one person. It's usually all the girls I've ever worked with. And that means a lot to me because I'm not socially associated with just one person. It's the whole entire era. And that means a lot. But I think because of our friendship um, throughout the years outside of the WWE, uh, people would say, probably would say Mickey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, like, I, when I was watching WWE, I caught the very tail end of Trish's run, and then I was, you and Mickey were the two that I was kind of, you know, that's who I always think of when I think back to, like, my inception of my WWE when it comes to watching women's wrestling. So, <laughs> that's probably my, what I would say, too, is, like, you and Mickey, would, she would probably be a decent option for the Hall of Fame induction, too, right? Yeah. But in my, I guess like, I don't know. I guess I think, of, I think too much. <laughs> okay. Well, would it be, would it be fair to have like Mickey do that? But she probably wouldn't care. She'd be like, you, I love you. Like, of course I'll do it. But at the same time, it's like, would it be weird for one of us to go in before the other and to do that as when we're not on it type of deal? Right. But then at the same time, I wouldn't care. <laughs> I don't care now. Like, so she probably would do that. But still, I wouldn't want to put her in that position. I want to put her in that position because I would love the um the friendship. But in that position where it just feels wrong. It's like the moment where I took Jillian's title away from her when she won it. Like, it's, oh, <laughs> I felt so bad. <laughs> <laughs> You obviously caught like the very tail end, I'd say, of the ruthless, what many fans refer to as the ruthless aggression era. And then you obviously were in the beginning of the Divas era. So there was sort of a shift in terms of, um, you know, kind of how women's wrestling was presented with WWE. Like, obviously, the matches were a lot longer and there was more story behind them during the ruthless aggression when you first came up. 
compared to when you obviously exited. What what did you think about that shift, and why do you think that it occurred? It's like a combination of things because part of me thinks like that kind of was already there. If you think about um, uh, the Attitude Era, in the Attitude Era, they had um, they had their workers, and then you had like Stacy and Tori doing their thing, and then they peppered that in. So it wasn't like that was never a thing, and that never that never happened. And all of a sudden, women are are uh sexualized and all this stuff right but in the diva era i felt like i think i i don't want to say it was because of me but at the same time there was an opportunity because i'm like i'm a worker but at the same time i'm not seen as a worker because nobody knows i can work and i can make like girl i could guide girls uh women into in the ring that with uh limited knowledge and teach them and so I was able to have matches with them and make something because they're more they part of the telling and I really that even though it was like stuff, whatnot, but at the same time, there was a story behind it. It's getting your face all black. And it's, it's just the thing where you wonder. I actually feel like you wondered. Yeah, I really hate him. I got really. <laughs> was because i mean now we're the four horsemen in in our era but back then people weren't saying oh yeah melina mickey beth and michelle it's like michelle and i got the short end of the stick because it's like oh you came from the divas duh, duh, duh. but of course beth and mickey got praised but still they didn't acknowledge us whether it was beth or mickey well mickey was loved no matter what but even with beth it wasn't like everybody really like it was super supportive the way they are now so in that moment because of how the masses kind of like uh, influenced each other of this negativity that's how it was perceived and say what you will you could say like that was only a, an opinion but that's what i've 
you know, I've noticed. I watch back. I try to analyze it. I did, like, a whole post, like, mortem for it, like, kind of figuring it out. An autopsy, I mean. And to understand the whys of everything. And that's what I noticed happened because we did really great work for what we were given because we were really limited. They're like, you can't punch, can't do this, can't do what guys do. Da, 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 da. They would take things away. And yeah. with everything that was taken away, we came up with some really great stuff. I mean, with our limitations and we got creative and I'm very proud of that because how many people can say that and then get time cut? Not before when they cut your time in the middle of it. It's like, what? Okay, we got to switch things up. We got to tell, change the story up, and it's it's an art. Like I'm glad for the experience. I'm not gonna. I'm, I could say I hate that we have we had very short times, but I was so proud when I got to the back because I made that match look flawless, and nobody knew that they cut our time and and kind of screwed us over. <laughs> And took everything away of the story we were going to tell. But making it work and nobody knows that that it was changed up. That's a skill that I'm proud to have learned. And that was the Night of Champions match, right? The first one? Was that... um, Which one? Was that the Candice one? Is, did I work with Candice? Oh, I was thinking of you and, you and Michelle. Oh, they didn't cut our time. I mean, I think beforehand, I think they, they did. I think beforehand, it was like, what? Okay, thank you. (laughs) Every time people go before us, we're always, we're in Gorilla watching the time and thinking, oh my God, you better finish up right now. And then, of course, every guy's match would go over. They kind of, you know, and that's so sad because that's the, in a way, the disrespect we had, like girls' matches don't matter compared to our match and it just hurts because we did everything we could to be on time because Mm -hmm. that's respect and that's our show and we're doing our job but they would do this thing where there are plenty of times where they would have john go in the match ahead of me so when it go went over and he went over in time and i'm not saying it was him i'm sure it was both the you know both of them together whoever he was working with but they knew i knew they knew that once he came back from the curtain like from um outside through the curtain and he see my face <laughs> that sorry oh my goodness because i know it's not his fault like it happens but they did that on purpose i know it (laughs) because it was way too many times (laughs) yeah i read that it was the match between uh you and michelle mccool you had a few matches at night of champions but i think it was the first one you had um you guys kind of came up improvised your own moves with each other no Wow. No, I think I think you're talking about that time where they kind of, they they were upset that we went and did our own thing. Um, when That's, it came, yeah, to the, that yeah, yeah. No, we went over it. It's just there's this, you know, like my belief, and it's wrong. I'm not telling people to do this, but at the time, I realized it's better to um, ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. You know, I did that to where it wasn't like 
catastrophic. I would pick my my spots and make sure that it didn't like hurt anybody or ruin the show or anything. I just like would test things out. And when we came, when we got together, we're like, yeah, let's do this. And so we kind of left things out, but we knew what we wanted to do. And I, I'm glad we did it because it, it was a great match. I'm very proud of that match. And I'm really proud of working with her because I look back and as much as I could love all these other stories and my work with other people, I look at our work and I think, wow, that's kind of like the level of what we have today, but we didn't have that back then. Because mm -hmm. we went all out. Like, I just, I think that was the transitioning of everybody. We gave hope to everybody else in that time that we could do this, that this is going to be the future. We, we could actually have more time and do good moves and, you know, not get too much in trouble for it. Like, people will have our support or support us. Even though they got upset, but at the same time, they didn't get that upset. They were just like, you girls, you should have known better. And da, da, da. what if you got hurt? And then, like, people would say, oh, no, man, that was good, though, man. Nothing happened. Da, 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 da. And just people would come in and just praise us. And it's like, yeah, okay, good. <laughs> do, do you think you, you came in the appropriate era? Or would you have liked to uh, be in the current era of women's wrestling with WWE specifically? A lot of people ask me that, and I always think, like, okay, yes, it would be beautiful to be able to have these experiences and time and be able to do all these moves and everything. But the thing is, is I wouldn't have learned all the things I've learned, because if I were to be born and be in this era, I think I would have missed out on a lot of of learning lessons and skills where it comes to like time and improvisation, because I'm not saying we didn't improvise when it comes to um, you're in the ring and they cut your time and you have to learn how to navigate or somebody messes up or um, somebody forgets. You have to reevaluate and just go on the fly and start working it and just do something else mm -hmm. and keep the story going. So that's a beautiful thing. And I would never trade that for anything. I would never trade the experience. And the reality is, is, a lot of a lot of us girls really hurt during like will anybody respect us? Will we ever get any time? Um, what's gonna What's gonna happen to us? Like uh, it's just all this frustration because we wanted to work, and I think that I am grateful for being in that era because I kept whether it was. Because I'm sure people don't think I'm the person who roots in the locker room. But when it came to the work, it's like, come on, let's do this. I worked with everybody for a reason. And that whole um, rumors about, like, I'm problematic and I don't get along with people. It's because I was quiet. I didn't talk. But when it came to the ring, it's like, tell me what you want to do. And I bumped my ass off for everybody. I did. A person who is resistant and wants to ruin somebody else's work or career or anything would not bump and sell and, you know, make somebody look good the way I did. That was the way I gave to them. I just didn't say it because I was very shy. And people think shy is, like, timid. Shy is just, like, withdrawn. Right. I just didn't say anything. And I was very introverted at the time. And I think if I didn't showcase my work and fight in, in my presence and keep going and show people that... I think it would have hurt a lot of souls where it's like, what do we do? And just the frustration would have built that much more. 
did you feel misunderstood at all by your peers? Oh, definitely. Her <laughs> <laughs> time, and it's so weird because, and I I understand. I look back and I reflect and I think about if I were in their shoes and everything. Granted, if I were in their shoes, if I was the person talking to a shy person or a quiet person, I'm the kind of person who welcomes somebody else and says, mm -hmm. "Hey." doing or what's going on how's your day or you know that's just who i am but in that environment i think you're surrounded by super social people they're very um outgoing and i mean it's it's acting it's athleticism it's uh, entertainment people in entertainment are very social and outgoing I, I have no idea how i made it seriously so quiet and, and reserved and just introverted so introverted that I don't know how I made it there. I don't know how my character comes out. But I think it's because I'm so withdrawn or so um, introverted that that was the only way to talk to people, to express myself, was mm -hmm. through a character. So I think maybe that was the case. But I think when people looked at me, they thought, she's probably judging us. Or she's she's probably writing this down and she's going to tell somebody. Or who knows what the thoughts are. She thinks she's better than us. There were so many things I would hear. And I would just like, I uh, uh, I didn't know what to say i remember I got, I got yelled at because somebody said i was too nice and they're like you're too nice and i looked at them i said what do you mean like why is that a bad thing though like, that means you're fake there's a reason why you're acting so nice to people and it's like man who hurt you that you think that but a lot of people went through some hell before getting to the wwe and you know that's their there's a reason why they feel that way there's a reason why they act that way and you know, you could change yourself as an adult. You could, you know, grow and want to be better. But if you have no awareness because of everything you've gone through and how people treated them, then that's, you know, that's why they do what they do. And I I really do see that. And I understand why they were the way they were. Because everybody's scared of a spot, every, um, losing their spot. Everybody's scared of um, not being relevant and jealousy where it comes to like what well why are you looking at her match and it's like because they were entertained it wasn't anything sexual it was entertainment and people did appreciate it. and i am so grateful for the veterans the people i looked up to who watched my matches and, and said the psychology of what you did here and when you did this and you could do this like they wanted to help because they knew i wanted i loved this i loved wrestling it wasn't a sexual thing. It was because they saw that I loved this. And it's, I guess, they see women come and go and they see women who love wrestling. But I guess the hard work I put into it, it's like, wow, I really expected nothing from you and you're really putting in the work. And that's where it came from. And when it comes to women, I wish they were more supportive. And I'm hoping they're more supportive now. Uh, but it's this weird thing where we kind of attack each other. And I... I guess being, I only, my brother is the only person I was raised with, you know, I didn't really, I didn't have a sister, so I didn't know that cattiness was a thing mm -hmm. until I went around a group of people. Everybody I was around was always so supportive and encouraging and we're family, but going into an environment like this, everybody's, there's insecurities and there's people who want to be the alpha and lots of ego <laughs> and I didn't know how to react to those, but I have nothing but love for people. And very, to your point, <laughs> I, was, I felt very misunderstood, but not the feeling. I actually was misunderstood. Mm. So then your exit, did that feel like a breath of fresh air or was it more bittersweet? 
oh my god, I can't believe I'm crying. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. You know, I've, tried, I've told the story so many times, and I've never, I don't really cry anymore, but I think you're the first person on an interview to kind of say that, and after everything I just said, you know, towards the end of my career, after the, um, I, I, the unification match and everything, it was a relief to not be the center of attention. Like, it was a relief to not be the main heel. And it was a relief to not wrestle. Because the girls hated me if I got TV time. And if they're watching, I love you. It doesn't, you know, I'm not angry. I'm, it's just what it was. And I get we did what we did to survive emotionally. But everybody hated me just because some higher up said, here, you know, you, we know you could get the job done and, you know, work. They gave me the time. I didn't put myself in that position. The company felt that I was good and felt uh, fit for that, that storyline. And it was an honor. But once they stopped, like, writing for me and everything, I thought, oh, now, now people aren't going to yell at me anymore. I'm not going to be the center of all this hate. And it did. As soon as the unification happened and I, I was on the road less and less TV time, Everybody was nicer to me. It was so crazy, but I understood. It's something that I knew would happen. And when it came to the release, uh, when they let me go, they they thought I was going to cry because, you know, I'm emotional. And I said, no, I'm not going to cry. This is, this is right. This is what was supposed to happen. Like, the universe wants this type of deal, and I don't take it personally. I know people leave and come back again. So, you know... I, I had faith in that. I really did have faith in that. And I wasn't upset at all. But now I can emotionally heal because, you know, I my family is all had kids and they grew up and had family members die and I didn't get to go to their funerals. And there was a lot of catching up to do and healing to do. And, I, you know, I'm a family person and to be away from my family for that long because I just kept working nonstop. Yeah, it was time to go home. Right. Like, there's a certain aspect of it when you're missing all this time and, like, events with your family to, like, do something that you, you love. But because you're doing something you love so well to where it's, like, garnering, like, outside hate from, you know, peers, let's just say, it almost, like, sucks the fun out of what you once enjoyed and loved to where... By the end point for you at least like it kind of felt like almost a breath of fresh air to finally get away from it <laughs> definitely but it's the weirdest thing like you could question the if the environment wasn't the way it was how much better it would be or or what but i mean who knows who really knows but this part of me really feels that if the people didn't kind of like shun me and isolate me and you know treat me the way they did would I have been as focused and as good as I was or because I mean I was gonna say I was gonna um, say sorry about saying as good as I was because I know other people don't think so but then at the same time no you don't understand I was because I can work with anybody and tell a story where some people can't work with somebody who has less, ta uh, not talent, I can't say that, I'm so sorry, um, less experience. And they'll say, oh, well, that was horrible because they don't know how to work, they're green. And I'm like, no, if you're good at your craft, you can work with anybody. And 
for me, I'm proud that I did that. I did that. I can make people believe I didn't know how to work. I can make people believe that I was this bitch. I could, like, I could suspend belief, and it was so, oh, I love the art of it. But, um, I'm sorry, I went off on a tangent. Don't worry about it. But, um, I know it's something in regards to, like, leaving or so. Oh, no, this is, I'm so sorry. When it comes to how people treated me, I focused on my work. When people bullied me, I used that and put it into my character. I'm like, okay, my character is going to act like this or do these little mannerisms or do this. They inspired, as much as they tried to tear me down, they inspired my character. Mm -hmm. And as much as I hated life all the time during that time, that two minutes, the five minutes to 12 minutes of being in the ring, that was my peace. That was my everything. And that was something that nobody could take away. I did that. So as much as it kind of feels like hell because God, 24-7, 24-7 of, of all this, you know, negativity, I guess I could say. It was worth that moment in time, no matter who I was in the ring with. It's mm -hmm. just I got to tell that story and how many people get to do that. Not many. <laughs> well, let's talk about something positive to lift our, <laughs> lift our spirits for a moment here. Recently, I'm, I'm sure you've seen on social media um, the spot with you and Shawn Michaels from, I think, Survivor Series 2007. I'll have someone quote me if I'm wrong. One of the Survivor Series. There was a spot that uh, you and him had that just got reenacted a couple weeks ago on Monday Night Raw. I don't know if you saw that. Yes, people were tweeting me about it. Usually, like my friends or my brother would send me. I'm like, what? What is that? And then I go look. But I saw that and I thought, oh my god, goodness! Like it's another thing where never in my like young life before WWE did I ever think there would be an action figure of me. Never did I think that there would be a video game that I'm in. Never did I think like all these scenarios where it's like, wow, I. I got to be, that was me. And to see like that, where with that reenactment, it's like, wow, I'm a person that, or a character that got reenacted. And that meant a lot to me. So I just thought, oh, that, I love that. I love that so much. That draws back <laughs> to the psychology of everything. Huh? I said that draws back to the psychology of everything. That, oh my goodness. Yeah. But see, for me, it's like working with, like you know hbk like oh my goodness see i'm so lucky for that too all the people i got to work with and he's the one of course he's the one who came up with it but then it's just like when you get people who know how to react that he's he knew that i knew i would know how to react to that and in my mind i just thought like okay I'm like what would i do if i was with john all this stuff it's like and oh my god he is so gold if you look back his reaction to my reaction, it's kind of like the Jeff Hardy um, uh, backstage thing that we did where I started screaming and the way he would react. It's like reactions like that is everything. And HBK's reaction when I screamed, it's like it startled him. And he's like, screw this. I'm getting back in. And it was beautiful. Like he is the showstopper for a reason. You know, I just <laughs> I love stuff like that because you could do the whole bit, but. When you notice those little details, that's what cracks you up. And I love seeing that with uh, Rhea and uh, Seth Rollins. 
that was funny. <laughs> it was a nice callback too. I'm glad they uh, did yeah. that. Yeah, and you know what? It's something where it's been so long ago. Like, it's a lot of people have never seen that before. So it's it's a beautiful thing to to see where you take something old and make it new. Mm-hmm. When it when it comes to your Royal Rumble return from last year, was the timing just right when it came to that? Like, how did that whole process go? I think so. Like, I could always nitpick and think, you know, if I was if I was a little bit further along in like we're, um in my workouts and all this stuff, but no, everything happens for a reason. It really does, and that was a time where I it really made my heart heal more it was like time for that when it came to because my father passed away in 2020 and mm -hmm. all these things that i wanted to accomplish because he wanted to see me accomplish it like just sorry everything's like crying but it's just this thing where he didn't want me to wrestle for so long and it was just like why are you doing this da -da 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 -da. you're gonna get hurt like, why can't you do this why can't you do that and then after time he he started seeing it and he's just like, wow, I can't believe she's doing that. I can't believe like this is my daughter. And so when he saw that, he's like, you know what? You have a knack for this. You you do it to the like go all out. Why just stop? Keep going. And when he passed, it's like I felt like I didn't do everything that he would have not not that he wanted to like you have to do it because I want you to do it. It's the potential he sees that I could still contribute. Right. That I'm not done yet. In his mind, you're not done yet. And so when it came to the Royal Rumble, I'm not done yet. <laughs> I'm not done yet. And I felt it that day. Like, I felt it. It was the most incredible feeling. I could not describe it. And all I can do is go to conventions and shows and hug everybody. But I could never really convey and express and hug out that love that I felt that night that I never thought I'd ever get. Mm -hmm. and it was beautiful. Like, is you know what? WWE cut my time. He like they did all this stuff. Where I was like, man, that's messed up. But at the same time, that fan reaction as soon as I went out the curtain, I don't care. I don't care. They cut my time. I don't care that like they try to make me look like I'm nothing. That set everything. Like that gave me closure and that made me feel like, damn, I did something. I did so. <laughs> I'm so glad that that occurred too, because I think from the inception of when women's Royal Rumble started, like you were near the top of everybody's wish list as for people they wanted to see return, because it felt like everybody under the sun, you know, had been making their returns. Like we had seen Michelle's been Michelle McCool's been in every single one of them uh, Royal Rumbles since they've started, and then um, you know, obviously you've had uh, Victoria and Mickey James were all in Royal Rumble. So it almost felt like a matter of time uh, until you made your Royal Rumble return. You know, it's weird. People probably like think I'm crazy when I talk about the universe and this and this and that. But but how, how crazy is this? This is the thing. If I kept coming back all the time, I'd be so worn out, wor not worn out, but watered down that people would be like, oh, yeah, she's back. Ugh. And regardless is if it's kind of like a dig at me or what, that they keep me away, whenever I do come back, it's so special. And whether they realize that or not, or if it was intentional or not, like there, it's a psychology thing. You know, when a, when a baby face gets an injury and then they make their return and people are like, oh, they're back. That's basically what they did to me 
Like they may get missed because nobody's seen me in such a long time that it's like, wow, it's a shock and it's a happiness. So I'm grateful. Like I'm not going to get upset that I wasn't called back every year. To me, it's like, you know what? You gave me one, one good one. You gave me that one good one. You make a great point too, because had you like been so visible before that, you know, like appearing all the time, like maybe the return wouldn't have felt like as like big as what it ended up being. Because I think like absence makes the makes the heart grow fonder is what is what they say. So it's true, though. It's true. I remember watching wrestling and I would think like that's the way I felt when somebody would get hurt or some reason they went away and whatever the story was that they went away and then they come back and it's like, Oh, Oh, they're back. Come, come inside. <laughs> it was always a big deal because you kind of worry. I think when I got injured, I worried like, well, will I be missed? Am I going to get replaced? Like it was anything I did significant type of deal. And I think that's a concern that people have sometimes that will I lose my relevance if I disappear for a year or whatever, many years. And I'm grateful for, I think, no, like if you touch people's hearts and you tell the story and you give it your all, people remember. And if they don't remember, you you teach the people who've never seen you before who you are. And that's an art in itself too. always teach people as if it's the first pe- like first time they've ever watched you. That's the way I always see it. Mm-hmm. I don't expect anybody to know my name, but I'm going to take that person who has that first wrestling experience and I'm a, I want them to ask, who's that Who's that person? Why is she dressed like that? Or anything, whatever it is, that's the first thing. It's like, I want to get, I want to know about her. Mm-hmm. I'll say this, though. You're, the doctor thing might have not worked out, but, like, your, your little bit of uh, knowledge about it probably might have lent a hand a little bit when it came to dealing with some of the bumps and bruises on the road. Oh, yes and no. It's truly like, I I think that when it comes to the bumps and bruises in the road, on the road, it's more of like, you know, bodybuilding stuff, I guess, or I don't know. It's like things you just learn from being around the gym of like all the ice and the warm ups and how to handle things. It's like, I don't know, we all talked about it in the at the gym. So we kind of just all knew what to do. But I knock on wood, as much as people say my two injuries were like a lot. The fact that it wasn't more than that is amazing if I think about everything we've done and all the stuff we go through. Like, I just, uh, I I hope all the wrestlers now, all the active ones that are wrestling out there right now, take care of your body. We feel like we're invincible. We worry about like, oh, no, we got to keep the momentum going. But you want longevity. You want to do this thing that you love so much. For as long as you can so take care of your body you think it's nothing because it feels like nothing but once you stop wrestling the that it that those ache start sinking in <laughs> in your t- like muscles and you feel scar tissue you just start feeling it yeah i don't know how you guys i don't know how you guys do that being able to not only perform five what is it 350 something days out of the year yeah um, with like that quick of a turnaround is quite remarkable. Yeah. I I just think about it. And like I, for a lot of years, I was the one person, like the one um, female that would work every single show, every live event, because I was the heel that can 
get like get the heat and so i work with every girl and they'd pepper in a ba- like couple baby faces every um week they'd switch them all out that was the main workhorse every week every week every week until i got hurt and then when i got hurt it was like who i could rest but then at the same time like oh crap now i gotta worry about getting back into shape and how much time am I missing? Is are people just? Am I going to get replaced? Am I going to get fired? I don't know. Was that the ACL injury? <laughs> no, it was um, the first injury was um, my fractured heel. So it broke apart into three chunks and mm-hmm. got jammed up into my ankle. So they ah. have to, they had to dislodge it and piece it together. So I have two plates and six screws in my ankle. And the fact that I could still run now because they said I might lose mobility so i can now that i could i when i came back and i could run i was like thank you thank you so much because the possibility of losing mobility was there uh i'd, I'd hate to be uh i'd hate to be going through a metal detector at an airport <laughs> it doesn't go off oh, thank gosh thankfully you'd be holding up a lot of people <laughs> They're like, what is she? She got a gun? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I thank you so much for your time today. It's been such a fun time getting to chat with you and pick your brain on so many different topics. And um, I speak for a lot of people when I say that we want you to be in the Hall of Fame one day. So, oh, you know, it never happens. Like, you know, I guess I think of worst case scenarios. So then. If something positive happens, I'm pleasantly surprised. But honestly, I've come to peace with, um, you know, that's kind of like what I felt with the Rumble. I thought if I never get invited back, it's okay. Like I support the girls. It's that's all that matters. So then when I finally did get, you know, asked to go back, it was like, wow, okay, yeah, hell yeah. It was a, such a positive, motivating thing. But when if, with the Hall of Fame, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Like. I've realized this whole entire time, everybody hated me so much and told me I was a crappy worker and all this stuff, all this hate. I've heard it for so long that it's like, all that matters is that I did my best and I gave it my all and I wanted to give back to, I wanted to give to the girls in the future. Mm -hmm. That's what I was taught from my dad, where your children, you got to make this world better than when you left it. You got to make, build that foundation because he built a foundation for me. And we have to, you know, build the levels to make it a home or to make it something better than what you had. And that's what I felt like when it came to wrestling. But, um, yeah, I kept talking. I'm sorry. I kept rambling. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> what was the point? It was so awful. You take a person who never spoke and then she started talking. It all started out. <laughs> <laughs> Not a worry at all. But uh, thank you. Thank you. As long as people can look back and entertain just for a moment, I get her from the street and still somebody don't cross it and get sick and laugh or, you know, be entertained. That's what matters. I don't need a whole thing for that. I know what I did. Right. Well, uh, thank you again so much. This was this was such a great time. Oh, thank you. And everybody, know that I love you. Know that all I want is the best for you. And I just want happiness for each and every one of you. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. You too. <laughs> Bye.